Hey everyone, this is Brooke and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener Podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks on gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So I know I have taken a few weeks break uh, because I've been doing Christmas stuff and now I'm back. So I'm looking to finish, you know, I'm looking to finish uh, my reviews of all the plants. Um, I got through the list of seeds that I started. So now I'm going to go through other plants that I purchased, like for example, the chrysanthemums, uh, the dahlias and that sort of thing. So I can give you guys my review on how, how well I thought they did. Okay, so first flower up is the Mountain Garland Clarkia. This was a wild flower mix. Uh, the colors, I think, range from like pinks and purples and that sort of thing. It, I definitely recommend winter sowing it. I did an early winter sowing. It was very successful, which I'm not surprised because it's a wildflower. Wildflowers, they're, you know, they handle, you know, the winters and stuff very well. It's supposed to be a perennial. Now, I'm kind of concerned because one thing I noticed is that after it bloomed, the plant appeared to like die back. And so I'm not really sure if it's going to come back next year. So that is something that I will see. I definitely think this is one you need to plant out as early as possible. So once it gets a couple inches, even if it's like threatening to snow or whatever, just put it in the ground anyway. Uh, it definitely did not get to its full height. I, I'm thinking, I want to say it gets around like 18, like 18 inches to 24 inches. But because I left it in the um, can too long, it just, it was stunted. Uh, so the next one is Yarrow. I got the Shades of Red. These, this is one of the Geo seeds that I got really late. So it was a late March winter sowing. Um, it was definitely successful. Uh, it's definitely not first year flowering. I planted these in the red section. Uh, they didn't, they did, although they did get bigger, uh, they didn't really bulk up a lot. I think it's just primarily putting its energy into the roots. Um, I think actually, you know what, now that I think about it, I don't think it's actually died back because of the because of the freezing temperatures. I think it's still green and showing. So we'll see how it does next year. I have a feeling that it's probably putting on a lot of root growth and I think it's, I'm probably going to see it explode next year. It's supposed to be a mix. It's gonna be pink to red, but once again, I'll let you know what it looks like next year. Uh, the mature size is like 24 to 36 inches, depending upon, I guess, the like which one it is, pink or red. Uh, but we'll see because nothing in my garden is the appropriate size. Okay, so then let's talk about some hollyhocks. So I have two, I did two different types of hollyhocks. Actually, I did three, okay? Uh, so the first one is hollyhock, but the botanical name on this one is Mo Malva Moshada. And so this one was the rose variety. It is definitely first year flowering. It got two feet tall. I think its final height will be 36 inches. Uh, the flowers were pink, but it's like had pink with more like bluish undertones. Uh, so it's one of those things you plant 18 to 36 inches apart. One thing I noticed about it was that it was very, it was definitely more of an ethereal type plant 
It didn't have a shrubby formation. It had flowers, but it, it's just definitely airy. So it's kind of hard to explain, but it was definitely not, it doesn't, like if I didn't know that it was considered a hollyhock, I would not have thought that it was a hollyhock because it just, it doesn't resemble like the other hollyhocks that I'm gonna talk to you about. Okay, so the next type of hollyhock that I did was um, the Alcea rosea. And you know what? I just realized there was a couple of them I did not mark that I did in here. Okay, so the first one is a Cheater's Maroon. That is one that I did in winter sewing. I did it using Espoma. So I did not, I, I don't get wrong, I got... I think I got like five plants. It was not nearly, not nearly what it should have been. And so that, I was a little bit upset with that because I should have had more plants. Uh, like I said, I do not like using a spoma potting soil for winter sowing. If you have been having issues with your winter sowing and you're using a spoma, I can tell you that's probably why you're having issues. It did get big. Um, interestingly enough, one of them did flower this year, which surprised the living daylights out of me. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how that happened, why that happened. Um, I did not cut it back. Um, so it probably set seed. So I'll probably be finding seedlings all next year. Um, it, it is a biennial or short-lived perennial. I think if you want it to perennialize, as soon as it flowers, you need to cut it off so it doesn't, so it puts its energy into roots rather than seed production. Okay, so that was one of the hollyhocks. Then I got some seeds from Geoseeds. It was an Antwerp hollyhock that is a mixed color. Uh, it's, some of them are pink and white and that sort of thing. Um, I did a late winter sowing, did really well with the late winter sowing in March in the cold frame. Um, it put on a lot of green growth this year and I'm expecting it to bloom next year. So that'll be about five to seven feet. Uh, then I did a couple of yellow ones. One was like a, I think it was called Rugose. I got those from Select Seeds. And then there's a banana hollyhock that I also did. And so with the Rugose, and you know what, I ended up mislabeling them, so I don't remember. I'll have to see when they actually bloom. But one thing about the yellow ones, I'm not really sure what it was. The, I did those, uh, they were late winter sowing too. Um, you definitely need to space those babies three feet apart because the base of them was absolutely massive. Um, so they didn't bloom this year. I'm not surprised they'll bloom next year. But uh, they both did really well with um, the later winter uh, sowing. I think if I do an earlier winter sowing with the hollyhocks, I'll get good results. I'm just really excited to see how they will look next year. So let's see. I think now I think I've covered all of the... Oh, I know what it was. It's, it's not banana hollyhock. It's called sunshine hollyhock. That's, that's the one that I did. So... Um, so yeah, so just, yeah, sunshine, not banana. Um, so definitely I stay tuned for next year because I cannot wait to see how all of my hollyhocks are going to turn out. Um, I'm definitely going to have to stake them because 
judging from the sizes of the base of those plants, they're going to be, I think they're going to be monsters next year. Okay, so let's turn to the delphinium family. So the first one is larkspur. Um, I did blue spire larkspur. Um, I got the seeds from swallowtail. The mature size is three to feet, three to five feet tall. It is not an it is not a perennial. It's an annual. Um, these I did winter sowing. They did do well winter sowing. Um, unfortunately, because I had not gotten to the blue section, they ended up blooming in their cups. But one thing I can say is that they all bloomed in their cups. You know, obviously because it was in a cup, it was stunted. So I think it only got like 18 inches tall. I did plant them out because some of them did bloom again. I I, I believe the seeds dropped in place. So I may get some um, volunteers for next year. You can plant them nine inches apart. Um, yeah, so it was definitely a successful early winter sowing. <clears throat> I didn't use a spoon of potting soil. And so pretty much, I think I got sprouts in every single cup. So um, it's definitely a plant I would grow again. Okay, so now let's talk about the Larkspur's cousin, Delphiniums. So I grew a couple of different types. Uh, the first type is Pacific Giant. I did not get a single, a single a single sprout on this one. I did early winter sowing. It was a fail. Uh, what I can tell you is this one, I used the Espoma uh, potting mix. And so I got horrible results. Like I said, none of these sprouted at all. So I will try it again, but this time I will definitely not use Espoma because um, I think I'm sure I've mentioned it in other episodes. I've also mentioned it on YouTube that I had the worst results with the Espoma potting soil. Okay, so then I did Delphiniums. I did Magic Fountains uh, Mid Blue with a white B. Um, this is a shorter Delphinium, only gets like 36 inches tall. Um, I did have success with early winter sowing. It tolerated the Espoma potting soil much better. Once again, I still had a lot of empty cans and I was a little bit, you know, irritated because, you know, that pack of seeds had, I think it was like 50. And I think with the mid blue, I got fewer, fewer, you know, seedlings to plant out than the, um, than the sky blue. But still after, out of 50 seeds, I planted, you know, I planted probably not only less than half, it may have been like a quarter. You know, so like I said, not happy with this Spoma potting mix, um, but it did bloom. Uh, the blooms were purple, um, not blue, and it rebloomed, which I was a little bit surprised by. So uh, I'm hoping this year over the winter, it's going to get established and it'll come back. Um, so I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Adelphiniums tend to be, well, let's put this way, the taller ones around here tend to be a short-lived perennial. So it'll be interesting to see how the dwarf varieties do. Uh, then I also planted Sky Blue, um, a Magic Fountain Delphinium. It, um, by the way, the Sky Blue and the Mid Blue are both hardy to zone three. Uh, the color on this one was a true light blue. It was like 
Like I would say like it was like an ice blue, almost a white type thing. But it was, it's definitely a true, it was true blue, not like purple, which is what in the flower industry most people refer to as blue. This was an actual blue um, delphinium. Uh, so planted nine inches apart. This is definitely one along with the other, uh, the mid blue delphinium that I would plant earlier. In fact, the earlier the better. So if it's like a couple inches and like I said, even if it's threatening snow, still put it out there. Um, these did not get as tall this year. They got maybe eight, around 18 inches. I think they'll do better. Um, this particular one was more successful in terms of the winter sowing with the Espoma potting soil. I think I ended up with maybe like, how many did I end up with? Like maybe like 12. Um, so another thing I noticed is that it did, it did rebloom after, uh, maybe a month or so, which I was surprised by because Delphinium, as far as I'm aware, don't rebloom later in the summer, but these did. So I'm not really sure what was going on. I don't know if it's maybe because um, where I planted the Delphinium, there was things like the zinnias that overtook it and shadowed it, shadowed it. And so it kept it cooler and that's why it did it. I don't know, but all I can tell you is that it did rebloom. Okay, so then let's talk about some calendula. So I did a couple of types of calendula. Um, I did coffee and cream, pink surprise, and I feel like there's another one that I totally, that I totally missed here. And I think I, but I definitely had a lot more pink surprise than coffee and cream. And so, yeah, they ended up being really tall, like really tall. Um, they were double the size that they were. They usually are. So I planted these in 2020 with a late winter sowing in March. And when I planted these out in the promenade beds, they only got like 12 inches tall. So I think that they just did not, they just do not like the sandier soil that the promenade bed has. But this year I put them in the orange section where it had much more consistent watering and they like they doubled in size. So it was it was really it was really amazing. So I thought when I looked out there the other day, I thought I saw that some of them have survived the frost, but we shall see because I'm probably going to cut back, cut them back anyway. But if they overwinter, you know, they overwinter, that, that would be really, um, that would be really awesome, actually. So that's those two. And, oh, you know what? I did notice that with the pink surprise, it did self-seed kind of crazy. So I was already pulling seedlings out because the seedlings actually were in my, um, in my gravel walkways, which I didn't want them there. But, uh, yeah, so I think I'll probably have those next year. So then let's talk about flax. I did two types. I did a scarlet flax and I did a blue flax. Uh, the scarlet flax only gets about 18 inches tall, whereas the blue flax, I think, will get up to like 30, around 30 inches tall. Um, I winter sowed them both in a spoma potting soil. The blue and breezy flax loved. I mean, they absolutely loved the spoma. 
And so every cup that I planted had more than one seedling. I didn't, I didn't thin them out at all. I actually planted them in clumps. Uh, the one thing I noticed about the blue and breezy flax is that it handled root disturbance really well because with the blue and breezy flax, I actually put it in a raised bed. And so it had ground contact. So when I actually went to plant it, like I was like, I was ripping the roots out of the ground. So it wilted at first because of, because I didn't, I didn't realize the roots had, were that vigorous like that. Um, but after a few weeks, they bounced back and they're, I mean, they're like, they're handling it like a champ. Um, I looked out there today, they're still green. They did not die back. So um, I think next year it's going to come back bigger and better. Uh, the one thing I would say is that it definitely needs support. It tends to, it's definitely kind of floppy. Um, so it's one of those types of things. I mean, I don't know that a support ring would help it, but definitely if you had some sort of like do, if you do like the, um, holding star around it, that would probably help it. Um, if not, then you probably, I would probably have to almost like, you know, kind of like bunch, bunch it at the base and tie it. Cause it's aside from that, it's going to flop. Uh, the scarlet flax didn't really do that well. It was very limited success. It sprouted, but it seemed like it got to a certain height and just like stopped developing. Um, I know the, some of the poor germination was because of the espoma, um, but it had stunted growth. So it's definitely not as vigorous of a flower as blue. So, you know, it's something that if I try again, maybe I'll just clear some space and just put the seeds directly in the ground and see if that improves it. Maybe it just doesn't like being in a container. Uh, but I was really surprised about that. So guys, that is, uh, it for this particular episode. Um, I'm going, I have a few more to do, obviously. And then I got to still go over the chrysanthemums that I got from the Central Carolina um, State Chrysanthemum Society and that sort of thing. So, oh, and I forgot, I didn't even do like some of the summer seeds that I planted like zinnias, which I, I definitely have to do all those. So we have a few more weeks to do this, um, but you know, this, I, I, that's it for now. I don't want to tax you guys unduly, but just um, I wanted to remind you guys that there's going to be a live common show on January 14th at 8 p.m. It's going to be a winter sewing Q&A. Um, I'm going to do a slightly different format this time. I'm going to be, it's going to be like a combo of a lecture as well as Q&A. Because uh, with winter sewing, you know, I know it's popular. Everybody's been on the bandwagon with it. But I think, I know people have been having issues having success, but I think some of that is because people don't actually understand what winter sewing, what, what it's actually doing. Um, so I think if I do a little bit of a lecture with a Q&A and do, you know, common things to take into consideration, although I'm sure some people will have questions anyway, I am hoping that that will take care of a lot of the questions or problems that people have with winter sewing. So I will be here on Podbean. Um, I will also be simulcasting it to YouTube Live and Instagram Live. So uh, set your reminders and join me for that. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will uh, see you guys in the next podcast.